3: Hello and welcome to Happy Foot, Sad Foot, your LAFC gateway drug and the only LAFC podcast to buy up all the Columbus fan tickets
1: before they could. I'm Travis Helwig. I'm Vince LaRosa. And I'm Darren Miller. Welcome to our preview of the 2023 MLS Cup Finals LAFC vs. Columbus Crew on Saturday, December 9th at 1pm at Lower.com Fields. You can watch it on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV Plus for free, on Fox, on Fox Deportes, and, of course, we'll be live-streaming our post-game call-in show 10 minutes after the final whistle or trophy ceremony, depending on how things go, at youtube.com slash at Foot, Foot.
3: And we're two away from 500 subscribers, and I can't get it out of my head. If you don't subscribe, <laughs> please. It was a goal to get to 500 for the season, and we're so close. So if you don't subscribe to our YouTube, go subscribe. It'll make my, like... I don't know what it is, but I want to see the zeros. It'll scratch that itch. Later in the show, we'll talk about some of your favorite LAFC memories from the season. We'll talk to Patrick Murphy of Massive Report, a Columbus Crew podcast, and we'll make our final bets of the season. But first, we didn't want to do it when we started the podcast, and you people shook down the doors until we started. It's time for listener-mandated banter. Darren... Vince Dince, It's championship week. How we feeling?
4: Good. I'm really I, well, excited. I'm super stoked. I will say I'm I'm a little down and we're going to talk about it later in storylines of like a recent development that I, that legit hit me kind of hard. So I don't want to like step on it too much, but I, I was a lot You talking about the sanctions? Like, yeah I was feeling a lot better, and then I saw that, and m l s just had to really just kind of stamp out and also like the m l s homepage has a lot more crew stuff going on, like they have a big crew story, and I'm assuming they're gonna have some big l a f c story tomorrow, but like some I don't know just feels off. Uh, I'm not saying it's fixed, but if l a c don't I mean, maybe win, you
1: need to hire someone to take care of that I'm
4: just saying <laughs> i
3: I do think, and I've said this on the show before, I do think there's an East Coast bias towards the East Coast teams around the league. In journalism. And I know that, like, I listened to Extra Time today, and they were like, LAFC fans always say we don't talk about them, and we talk about them all the time. But we're also the best team in the league. So you should be talking about us <laughs> all the time.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. I, you
3: shouldn't like, why, why are you spending so much time talking about DC United? Like, that's what we're mad about. It's not that you're not talking about us. It's that you're talking about teams that don't matter at the moment. But I agree. It's a bummer. We'll talk about it in storylines when we get there. But I do think a large number of people are traveling, including Darren and myself. We're doing unless it. Some, unless some patron wants to bring Vince along, he's not going to be able to make it. But maybe no. some listener will be able to make. It happened for Vince. So if you can get Vince there and you're listening, please do it. Um, Look, if
1: you're already going on a private plane. And yeah, you got if you got a seat, I mean,
4: so <laughs> just- you guys have you guys have official tickets, right? You're not just like standbys because there might be people suspended that can't go to the game because of these sanctions. Like, are you you guys are you're going you're not seat fillers, right? I purchase. I, I don't think I'm a scab fan. I purchased I purchased it through the the portal that they said yeah, there, so, there's two nefarious ways you guys could be going. One to be filling the seat of an LAFC supporter that really deserves to be there just because they held a flare. Or two, you <laughs> stole the password, before- you stole the Columbus crew password, <laughs> and you got in there and you got tickets before you stole it from a, a, a nice person from Ohio. It's funny that the password was like 23 sponsor. <laughs> the password was
3: the easiest to guess password Oh, they, tell, they say
1: divulged what the password was? People,
3: I guess it went around on Twitter. So that's how people knew that this was happening. Oh, Wait, it fun. did
4: not have something messy related? I thought it'd be like messy 10. Well, it right. is it's funny. It's, it's like, how many sponsors, you know that those
3: sponsor tickets are just being resold because I can't tell you how many sponsors are going to want to go to Columbus,
4: Ohio. I have, I have a sponsor story. I went to... Um, Let's do it mls all-star game which is another big corporate event for mls and i sat in very nice seats at minnesota it was in minnesota so at minnesota stadium we were in very nice seats in the nice like field club where all people were like brian mcbride was walking around i saw claudio reyna we saw a bunch of former mls stars and sitting behind me were just like the most like techie bro type dudes and the whole time they could not stop talking about their fantasy team, fantasy baseball team, which was just <laughs> maddening. Cause I'm like, first of all, you're a psycho. No one does fantasy baseball, but every once in a while, they'd be like, Hey, what's going on out there? And then they go right back to what they were talking about. By the way, also wearing like khakis and like white button down shirts. So you knew right away, not soccer fans, but yeah. they were just like, hey, we'll just, we'll go for the night to the game. Cause that cause our law firm or wherever we work got us free tickets. <laughs> it was infuriating. I can't wait to see them. At this game. They'll be there. (laughs) They'll be there.
3: I also think we're going to try to organize some sort of meetup for listeners of the show the day of the game, maybe before whatever official 3252 meetup there is. So look, follow us on Instagram. We'll post something there when we decide where we want it to be. But probably sometime in the morning before the game, we'll just have a fan hangout or a listener hangout so we could all meet in person in the state of Ohio. So just listen out for that as well. I'm very excited to go and be there. And, uh, oh,
4: and, if- and shout, shout out to uh, global diplomatic who I sometimes play with in, in um, charity games. And you can see it's on my story on Instagram right now, but they're trying to put a game together between LFC fans, traveling and crew fans, which is generally what they kind of do. And they try to gather uh, and also get some donations for usually for orphanages or other causes. So check that out if you are going. And if you uh, want to bring your boots uh, and maybe sh- show your, show off your skills and uh, beat some crew fans. Ahead of the uh, MLS Cup final. Check that out. Don't get too
1: injured that you can't sit in the seats in the game, though.
4: Yeah. That's not going to be a problem. It's going to be the... (laughs) The woo-woo.
1: Oh. All right, Darren, start the show. Well, there are two types of people in this world. There's the type of people who work hard, wake up at 5 a.m., feed and clothe their children, (laughs) head off to work to make ends meet and provide for their family. Again? And there are people... And there are people like Travis, people who roll out of bed at ten thirty. See, I can't. I it worked last time, so now I'm stuck with it. I can't change it. <laughs> I wanted to, I couldn't. You deliver people it so roll well. Out of bed too. It, <laughs> at least who like go d- like put it in two speed so that
3: people can skip their
1: <laughs> Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start like over a disclaimer. Just, like, yeah, check it. Check out how fast I can do this. It's been three times now. There are two types of people in this world. There's the type of people who work hard, who wake up at 5 a.m., feed and clothe their, feed and clothe their children, head off to work to make ends meet and fried for their family. And then there are people like Travis, people who roll out of bed at 10.30, spend two hours reading at the LAFC subreddit, and then spend the next three hours complaining about how there's not enough time in the day to get any work done. Then, when he's done complaining, he heads to Sunset Tower to buy two martinis with his wife's credit card. But because not all of us have the luxury of being a trophy husband, we don't have time to learn every little detail about LAFC before the game. So each week, all season long, I've made Travis a true leech on society. Explain to me the storylines for that week's game, carrying me like a little baby all the way to the MLS Cup. (laughs) All the way to the MLS Cup Finals in a segment we call Storylines.
3: Incredible. Good job, Darren. And now, as promised for the finals, the Uh longest podcast segment jingle in MLS history.
4: Excellent choice of gin. For those only listening on audio, Darren is making a martini or two. That's why I said excellent choice of gin. I don't just shout that out randomly.
3: Here comes my favorite part These
4: are the motherfucking storylines.
5: He's smart but hesitant
4: These are story lines <laughs> These are the motherfucking story lines These are the motherfucking story lines These are the motherfucking story
5: lines
3: Playoffs
0: bitch World ELS Cup Iliya the right foot
6: Continental, the smart choice in tires. <laughs> oh
3: wow! Beautiful martini that you made. While <laughs> that was uh, going I, on, I, Darren, I could use that after this storylines remix. <laughs> I'm so curious how many people turn off the show during that song. <laughs> <show. laughs> First off, I want to just thank Continental Tires for sponsoring that incredible final storyline remix. You know what they say about podcast jingles the longer, the better. We started doing this show in February, and this is our 92nd episode. We did an average of about two episodes a week all year long, and it has meant so much to us that you guys have embraced us wholeheartedly, and we cannot thank you enough for listening. But of all those 91 episodes before this one, the most important storyline we ever said was way back in our very first episode. And I want to play a clip. We had the best record and we won the championship. We were very good. But that brings us to a very important point about this storyline for the season. Can we break the championship curse? It has been over a decade since a team has won back-to-back MLS Cup Finals. And if you ask any LAFC fan, that's our main goal for the year. We want another fucking cup, but I'm a little worried. There's a curse, Darren. So that clip was from way back on February 16th. And that brings us to our first storyline of the MLS Cup Finals, which is this. Can we break the championship curse? It's been over a decade since a team has won back-to-back MLS Cup finals, and if you ask any LAFC fan, that's our main goal of the year. We want another fucking cup. But I'm a little worried. There's a curse, Darren, and now I guess Vince, who wasn't didn't know we existed when we did that last time. Why is there a curse? (laughs) Well, because the last team to win back-to-back championships had Herbalife as a sponsor and the soccer gods are punishing our league for poisoning poor people with health shakes full of wood chips and sulfur. That's right. The last team to win back-to-back championships were the LA Galaxy in 2011 and 2012. And in 2012, just want to remind you, there were only 19 teams in the league that they had to beat Today, there are 29. The only other two teams ever to win back-to-back championships are the Houston Dynamo in 06 and 07, when there were only 13 teams in the league. And before that, it was DC United in 96 and 97, when there were only 10 teams in the league. And unlike most professional soccer leagues around the world, MLS focuses on parity. So being the first to do it in a decade, with there being so many more teams now, would be one of the biggest achievements in MLS history and would officially secure our place as a dynasty right now in Major League Soccer history. The last team to get close to doing this was the Seattle Sounders, who in 2019 won the MLS Cup and then went back to the MLS Cup in 2020, where they lost to a small upstart team called the Columbus Crew in Columbus, Ohio. But that is not foreshadowing. That is not foreshadowing. It's just something that happened in the past. We, we are, in fact, up against a franchise that has a good amount of championship history. In their 28 years in the league, the Columbus crew have won two MLS Cups, three Eastern Conference Championships, three Supporter Shields, one U.S. Open Cup, and one Campeones Cup. But in our six years, LAFC has also built some championship pedigree. In those uh, six little years, we've won one MLS Cup, two Supporter Shields, and two Western Conference Championships. But we don't really have a history with the crew, which is what is making this game feel a little off to me. It makes me feel a little nervous because in the three times we've played the crew, we've won all three of those games, regardless of where they were played. And this year, in order to win the MLS Cup, we have to defeat the demons of our past to do it. We'll be facing off against our old friends, Diego Rossi, who not only scored our first ever goal in club history, but is our second highest goal scorer of all time. And also Christian Ramirez, who played all right for us. And I feel like we did a little dirty when we threw him to the curb. I hope he doesn't hold it against us. So Darren, Vince dints that brings us to a really important question here and it's what do you think those three men who were in the old columbus crew logo did for a living like who were those guys
1: pretty sure it was like a they rode crew
3: (laughs) but they had hard hats on
1: well they were doing it on a construction site i don't know what you want from (laughs) it it was dangerous it was whitewater rapids
4: (laughs) that makes it with a construction hat though that would fly right off you gotta have a chin strap or something right I've never done it, but I would imagine. I I figure they were like Haynes white T-shirt models. Yeah, there's got to be stock oh, footage yeah. somewhere
3: it was pulled Should from, be.
4: right? Right, like yeah. they they like there has to been a, a photo shoot where they were like, okay, now you wear this hard hat, and they're like, what's this for? They're like, ah, it's some soccer team that's going to be coming up. Okay, cowboy hats, boys, we're doing the Marlboro Man. Let's go! <laughs> and they just kept, they kept throwing on hats and like going through. And those guys I mean, eventually looked back and were like, oh my god, we're an actual like team badge. We've made it. Or, or maybe it they never so saw. It's so funny it.
3: that their logo was just three men. That's very. It, they should bring that back. That's very funny.
1: <laughs> it is kind of like it, it's it's giving Google the word crew. <laughs> you know, yeah. Look, a crew of of humans.
4: Uh, it, 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 and and it's are like a art. tough crew. Actually, it was. I think it was. It was very much ahead of its time because it seems like something AI would generate.
1: Like what's the yep. crew?
4: Oh, we're sure. like a bunch of dudes that work hard. Here's your logo.
1: <laughs> They're <laughs> wearing a vague, vague hard hats of sorts. By the so, way, I, I crushed it on this martini. It's perfect. Yeah, it looks good.
4: I, you look I, very debonair, like more so than ever. Especially with the Christmas
1: tree. Yeah. Thank you to the storyline song. It was perfect. The perfect line. Yeah.
4: Like you're going to be singing and it. doing. You're going to be doing your Christmas special later, right? Like I feel like you're going to s- Frank Sinatra this.
1: LaFC Christmas. Let's do it. Columbus crooning. Uh,
3: Shaw. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> okay, so there is something that has gone under the radar about our team this playoffs. And so I wanted to make it the second storyline of the match. And it's this. Will our incredible defense hold up against Columbus's incredible attack? Denny Bowanga gets a lot of attention from us and the league. But the truth is, all playoffs long, our defense has been doing the work. They've been incredible. In fact, LAFC has not conceded a goal in the last 376 minutes of play. That's the length of 1.8 screenings of Killers of the Flower Moon, which we all know is an insanely long movie that should not be that long, but there is a good two and a half hour long movie in there if they just cut, if Jake could just give Martin Scorsese a little note, then it would be a better movie. When we score first, (laughs) when we we score first- yeah, I know. Imagine giving Martin Scorsese a note.
4: <laughs> you have <laughs> to we hand we score- it off to an assistant to hand it to him, right? Yeah. Like, who, who takes that? But away? our
3: defense is so good that when we score first, we have not lost a single time all season long. However, the Columbus crew are better than any team we faced in this playoffs, hands down. This crew offense is the single best offense in the league. How do I know? Well, they lead the league in both goals and assists. And as we saw in the Hell is Real match last week, they can score three goals in almost the blink of an eye. They have 67 goals across all, MLS goal, uh, across all MLS games this season. We only have 54. They have 72 assists across all MLS games this year. We only have 46. They have the highest goal differential in the league at 21. LAFC is in sixth at 15th. And home field advantage in MLS is a huge deal. And playing at home with an offense like that, I think might make them the favorites in this game, despite us being a really strong team that maybe is a better team on paper. I do think they have a lot of stuff. They have a couple of edges on us for this game. Vince, how are you feeling about this matchup? Tell us about the Columbus crew. How do they play? How do they match up against us? You know, the smart stuff that people actually want to hear.
4: Yeah, the crew are good. Like, I, I don't want to like sit here and be like, oh, I, I, I totally know LAFC is going to win this. Like, you're right, Travis, when you say this is the best team LAFC is facing. And, and I would say the team that knows themselves the best, like they have one way to play. I mean, you mentioned it. They scored three goals in the blink of an eye in that game while being down 2-0 and never really changing their style of play because they believe in the way that they play. And that's been their biggest benefit this year. They're very unique in their style and they will not deviate from it from it and it's very effective and then on top of it they have high-end talent they have Diego Rossi they have Cucho and then you know you get you Christian Ramirez comes off the bench like he's the guy like let's throw the sink at it but again they they really understand the way they want to play and it's going to be a very interesting because it's a very contrasting styles matchup between LAFC and the crew
3: so when you say that they have a very distinct style and they know how to play what is that style it's like
4: it's a pretty offensive style right it's intricate. It's offensive. It's it's ball oriented. So they really want the ball, and it's not just like oh we want the ball, and sometimes we do this or sometimes we do this. No, it's like we have the ball, and then everything is intricate. Short passes. It's tempo. Sometimes it's really slow. Like I'm talking seriously. Just they they'll stand. They'll get their three center backs, and they'll just stand on the ball and say come get it. And they're not afraid. Like they believe in the, their style of play, and that's. I feel like when I say that, some people go, "Yeah, well, what's the big deal?" If you take a group of players that has never had, never in their lives played in a way which you say, hey, just wait for them to come at you and uh, invite pressure, it's incredibly hard to change their style of play and the way that they play. Because when players come under pressure, they're going to naturally go back to the things that they're good at or the things they've been doing their entire lives. And Wilfred Nancy has changed that in in basically less than a year because he's only been there for this season. And he's changed that around to the tune of them being the highest scoring team, the most possession-oriented team in the league. And that that is incredible. So they do deserve some credit for that. And so LAFC is going to have a very interesting challenge. But what's most interesting about it is LAFC does their damage in transition and in pressing. So you have a team that says, we want the ball, we'll we'll play slow, we'll play intricate, versus a team that says, good luck trying to pass through us. We are monsters when it comes to the press and we love nothing more than you for you to make the slightest mistake and us set Denny Belonga free with 25 yards ahead of him to score a goal. So
3: you do anticipate us kind of seeding possession like we did against Seattle and Houston and absorbing the pressure and countering. You don't, you don't see us changing that tactic against this team.
4: I don't. I think we're going to have to, because the one thing about pressing is you have to be all on the same page. And the worst thing that you can do is press a little bit late, and the crew really feed that's what the crew are doing with their possession oriented game. They're asking teams to come forward and then hope that the line behind them doesn't come forward fast enough so that they're garnering more space. What we say in between the lines, and so I think for times we'll see we will see LFC seed the ball, we'll see them press, but I think for times we'll actually see them play a little bit like they played against Seattle, where they're really going to sit back because. That will behoove them to one, stay compact, and then will also put all the space in behind that they can play into once Columbus loses a ball. So don't be surprised if there's moments where LFC really has to play in that low block and just kind of wear it for a little bit. And But one mistake, and again, you have Denny Bwanga who can run 60 yards and score a goal.
1: It sounds like one mistake on for either team is a goal for the other team. Both teams capitalize on any little mistake the other team makes with what you're saying. I also wanted you to – can you define intricate in this context?
4: Intricate meaning – so when you when we think about LAFC and think about a lot of the goals or even think about the way they played against Houston, it was like one, two, three passes, and we're in the box. Like we don't want to waste time. Mm-hmm. If it's on, it's on go. Whereas the crew will – they'll literally kind of pass it around to move the pieces. So there'll there will be a lot of sideways passes, a lot more shorter uh-huh. passes, five- and ten-yard yeah. passes – you know, switches of the play just so that they can find how the the opposing team is arranging their defense. And like you said, can they force a mistake? Can they force a guy to not follow the other guy in the press, or maybe a guy is late to, to the press or things like that, where they can get in and around there and get space and then cause more havoc by, by doing that. So the tempo is important to them because they'll speed it up, slow it down, to kind of confuse you.
1: Active chess.
4: It really does. Honestly, if anybody that is listening to this and still has time, go back and watch some Columbus games. You can watch all on Apple TV. You'll see literally three center backs and their two central midfielders like all within the center circle, just passing it amongst themselves as if they're like, hey, (laughs) there's no other game going on but us. But then the second that the opposing team hops and maybe sends too many players, it's all of a sudden to Rossi and they're off and they're in the box and there's five guys in the box and they're finishing it off.
1: This is going to be an infuriating game to watch.
3: Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting my <laughs> clenching ready already. So, <laughs>
4: especially for you guys, you'll be there in person, so you'll be terrified. Yeah. Oof. So in any
3: other season, I think the fact that we made the MLS Cup Finals would feel like a massive success for a team. But this season has felt a little bit weird for LAFC. And that brings us to our third storyline of the match, which is the only storyline those yokels on Apple TV ever talk about when we're playing, at least in the playoffs. And it's this. Will LAFC once again fold under the pressure of a big game? Most teams would love to get to any final in a given season, and the MLS Cup Finals is our third. Final of this season. Already in 2023, we lost the Champions League finals to Lyon in a match that absolutely destroyed our confidence for a few months. And then later, we lost in the Campiones Cup against Tigres in a game that went to penalties. If you listen to the Apple TV broadcast of our Western Conference finals, uh, I know many of you didn't because you were at the game, but the narrative the broadcast team kept going with was that our team Folds under pressure. We can't win big games, and included in those championship games, they lumped in the Rose Bowl game against the Galaxy, the League's Cup loss against Monterey, also at the Rose Bowl, and the Inter Miami match at home. I'm I'm bringing up all the ghosts of the past before this game. Uh, this year, we have a lot of ghosts haunting us, and they can all be wiped away with a single victory on Saturday. That said. This MLS Cup Final will be our 53rd game across all competitions, the most for any MLS team in history, and our players were tired for a lot of those big games. And by contrast, the crew have only played 46 games across competitions, which is a lot, but is still at minimum 630 fewer minutes played all year. That's almost four whole screenings of Killers of the Flower Moon, which I think we all agree has a good two and a half hour movie in there, but is about an hour too long. Darren, do you think it's fair to say that we fold in big games this season?
1: I thought you were going to say, do you think it's fair to say that there's a two and a half hour movie somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think we did for a period, and I don't think it's true anymore. I think we found ourselves, and it's just not true anymore. I think it's a weird thing to define a team like that in in a way that's like this is who they are as opposed to like – to say you fold in big games, it, it's a weird way to define a team like permanently. It's it, it's It's a current state. It's not – A thing that someone always is, so yeah, I think we had trouble in big games for a little while, and then we didn't. But that's just like not true as of. You can probably point to a date where that just stopped being true.
3: It also it reminds me a little bit of when we couldn't beat the galaxy for a while, and it felt like this like monkey on our back. And then once we did, we kept doing it. It's just like it's a thing. Once the players buy into the narrative, it's bad. But I think all all, a lot of those big losses were against Liga MX teams. I don't think we have that same monkey on our back about no. MLS teams. Vince, also, you've fought hard against this narrative all year. If we so lose much. in the finals, do you think it's a fair thing to say
4: that we fold in big games? Or do you think even if we lose in the finals, that's not the case? No, because nobody seems to point out like, hmm, wow, LAFC seemed to play in a lot of big games this year. How many other teams, I guess, played in what we are saying, quote unquote, were big games? And so, and then on top of that, you throw in, okay, so there's 29 teams in the league, 16-ish because there's a playing game made the playoffs. So now we're talking about 13 teams that they all failed the big games and now lafc and the crew are the final two left over so what about the rest of those six uh 14 teams like did they fail all their big games and but no one's talking about that it's just it's so reductive and it's so like in the moment without looking at the full picture and also on top of it like like you said, Travis, the pl- if the players buy into it, I think it, it does become a thing. Like if they start talking about it, like, yeah, LFC just has a history and we haven't been able to find it. Then you should be terrified because most players should look at every game and go, every game is a big game. We're supposed to win every game. Like, I don't just come out here and go like, this is not a big game. And if we happen to win it, who cares? But it's, it's a final man. It's supposed to be this way. Like there's supposed to be, I just, it just it implies that in some games you should just be able to show up and win. I guess is what a <laughs> like I don't quite yeah. I still just don't Winning quite understand it. Like yeah. there's a reason why you play the game.
1: The fact that it's a big game is never the reason why they lose if they lose the big game. It, it's it's all like happenstance. There's always another reason why the why the results took place.
4: I would and love a, a team or a player to go like, oh, we didn't lose to the crew. Guys, it was just a big game and we can't win those. Like they never no one brings up the fact exactly, that the other team exactly. won it. I did see it's some tweet factor. this week.
6: <laughs>
3: They were like – I saw someone tweet this week being like, I still don't trust Dolo as a coach I, unless we win this final. I'm like, he's 7-0. We're 7-0
7: now.
3: <laughs> yeah, now he's 7-0 and o in the playoffs in MLS. It's like I, – I, I do think – I love living in Los Angeles. I love being an LAFC fan. LA sports fans are very entitled when it comes to winning because good players want to come to LA. So they think winning is the norm. For the majority of people around the planet – Sports means sadness. When you watch, when you follow a team, you almost never win. And maybe once in your lifetime you get that breakthrough of joy, and if you're lucky, you're good for a couple seasons in a row. We have had an unbelievable stretch for the last few years and it speaks to John Thorrington honestly more than than anyone because he's been able to do it across Bob Bradley and yeah. Dolo, but like Dolo has been unbelievable for this club and if you don't trust him at this point, if he goes to 7 and 1 in the MLS playoffs and you're like this guy sucks. You're, you're, you're,
4: you're an idiot is what I'm saying. Well, I'll, add, I'll <laughs> add one last thing because you did bring up having good players. So uh, in most sports, having the best players means you simply win. Like Most sports are a little bit more heavy-handed in that, whereas there's a reason why, and I don't want to say this at, to uh, say that MLS is doing it wrong and have us change and be- become a pro rail well- guy, but there's a reason why most leagues around the world crown their champion by having a balanced schedule – and you know playing every team because they say like look in a one-off game there's so much there's so low scoring so much luck involved that sometimes and not just sometimes a lot of times the best team doesn't win so they're like we don't absolutely do not want that to happen now mls is a little bit different right they have a regular season they have a playoffs and we all accept that so sometimes the best team does or at least the team with the best players does not win mls cup to think that soccer is just this meritocracy in terms of best players. Like I hate to break it to you. There is a lot of luck involved in this. So yes, you will be disappointed if you have the better players and you lose this game, but does not absolutely mean that you can't win big games. You just didn't win that game on that. And I think, I think all the luck involved,
3: especially in the playoffs is what makes us getting to this MLS cup two seasons in a row, so fucking impressive. It is really, like, the playoffs are inherently random in every sport. And the fact that we got here twice in a row speaks to just how good we are as a team. And I, I'm still feeling confident for this game, but I do think people who, there's some negativity around the team this year from people like Jeff Tok. and I, I don't think there's, any of it is deserved anymore. But one final storyline of the match is something that just happened moments before we started recording. I don't have a lot of it written, but the final storyline of the match is, will the 3252 take over the stadium in Columbus? Judging by the number of people that I know that are going and that I've seen or saying they're going, it seems like a lot of people are traveling to Columbus, but... Word just came down that the MLS has fined LAFC $100,000 and there will be sanctions against the 3252 for the use of flares with our TIFO during the Western Conference Finals, something we did in the MLS Cup Finals last year as well. Um, They're saying that privileges will be restricted at MLS Cup. We don't know exactly what that means. I asked a few people in 3252. They think it probably means no drums or flags. But we also don't know if that means maybe people can't come. We're, We're recording this literally an hour after the news broke. So we don't fully know what it is. But what are you guys feeling about that ruling from MLS? Is it too harsh? And do you think it'll matter? I still think we're going to travel pretty hard and we're going to sing really loud. We're just not going to have the drums to keep time for us, maybe.
4: i Mary already talked about it at the start of the episode. It, it bums me out, man. It's 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 such a damper on it. And to put in there, to slide in there, like and possibly could include MLS Cup 5, it just feels like cosplay because if somebody gets to the stadium and, M- and MLS literally stops them from walking in the door, we should all riot. Like, the team should refuse to take the field like this. That's just ridiculous. And look, I want to point out the flares. I get it. Some people see them and they seem dangerous, but on the flip side, think of commercials that you've seen commercials done by MLS commercials Mm -hmm. done by Apple. Don't they include some of the imagery that you saw on Saturday at the Western conference final? Huh? I wonder, I wonder why they show that. Oh, because passion is important to them. But only so much in that passion is dollars. It's just, it's disingenuous. And I'll add this. Uh, A supporter told me this a while ago. MLS has no actual care about safety or supporters. And you want to know how I know this? There's no centralized like supporters council with MLS. They basically pass it off to the clubs and say, you guys figure it out. We don't like these things, so you guys snitch on your own fans and you take care of it for us. Whereas the fans have their own centralized, independent supporters group who get together year after year with the supporters groups and talk about these things and the things that they want to do in in terms of safety and what they want to try and what they want to push on. So if MLS really cared about these things, like really, really cared about it, they would have a more centralized view of it and somebody that could actually understand this and work with them as opposed to some suit saying, oh, well, you know, if if a mom and her kids see that, maybe we miss out on that $400 that they came and spent at the stadium. Like, come on. We all know that actually there's more people probably showing up at the stadium because of these things.
3: It's why people go to LAFC games. It's insane. Sorry, Darren. Uh, how are you feeling?
1: No, I, I was listening. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. It's like on the surface, it's a conceit, but it also turns out to be legitimate that the 3 2 is part of the team. Like, it, it affects the game. So it feels really lame to kind of like put their fingers on the scales preemptively like that. Like it, it will affect the game. And I guess the argument there is that the flares affected the game in a way that was positive for LAFC, but like there was going to be a home field advantage and there was it, it, It's like, I, I don't know. You can make an announcement after the MLS cup finals. They, like,
4: they I, took, it took know. away. This
1: is just like so obnoxiously square.
4: No, I agree. With, that's the biggest point. Like, just wait till after almost cup like this is just
1: now like, such a it's distraction so it's so narky it's it I,
3: I will say i i'm bummed because i know you know hopefully you know you know people aren't affected and they're not like banned from coming to games or whatever um cuz i doubt people are going to like snitch on their friends or whatever but like if i know anything about the 3252 they're going to find a way to be even fucking louder on Saturday yep. without the drums and without the flags, they might not be able to look as visually impressive without those flags. And we might have harder time keeping in time without those drums, especially with the fucking trumpets that Columbus uses. But like they're going to find a way to be loud. And I'm not worried about their organization because they know how we to trump a trumpet guy. Well, we have a trumpet guy at the beginning of the game. The trumpets during the game makes me want to blow my brains out. Well, <laughs> I do think we're going to show up heavy. I think we're going to, there's going to be a lot of black in that stadium, and I can't wait to be there and sing with all of you. Well, boys, that was our final storylines of the 2023 season, and I cannot wait to see how this story ends. When we come back, we chat with Patrick Murphy from the Columbus Crew Podcast, Massive Report. He works for CBS Sports and is one of the hosts of the Massive Report podcast about the Columbus Crew. Please welcome to the show Patrick Murphy. Patrick, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I think I speak for most LAFC fans who are traveling to Columbus with this first question. Just how cold are we talking? What are we
7: what are we saying? What's the temp like right now out there? It is cold right now. It's we're recording this at 10:30 at night, too, my time, so a little bit colder. Uh, today was in the mid-40s, but it's supposed to warm up over the weekend. Uh, I'm pulling up my weather app just to confirm I haven't gotten wrong.
3: <laughs> I could very easily just Google this, but I wanted a first-hand source.
7: Yeah, well, I knew Friday was supposed to be warmer, so it looks like Friday's going to be in the high fit- the high 50s is the high. And then Saturday, high of 62. Low of 39, though, so if people are out and about after the game get a little chilly. It also might rain. And I know you guys don't deal with that too much. So yeah, we're gonna melt.
3: We're (laughs) I'm from the East Coast and I've turned into a complete wimp. I just can't handle it anymore. And I used to be able to and I go home now for the holidays and I hate every second of it. So I look forward to that. All right. Well I'm gonna ask you a bit about the team. But first I, I know a lot of people are traveling so I just kinda wanted to get a sense of like what is it like around the stadium? What's the vibe like? Where should we check out? Where like, where do people hang out beforehand uh, at the stadium? And, and just like, it's in downtown, right? Like, what do we need to know about being there?
7: Yeah. So yeah, this stadium, they built downtown. Now there's like downtown Columbus is like work. That's where people work. There's not a lot to do there. <laughs> but this is in what they call the nationwide district. It's right by nationwide arena where the Columbus Blue Jackets play. And there's a minor league baseball team kind of in between the stadium that's the used to be the Yankees affiliate, now it's the the Guardians affiliate. So all around the Blue Jackets Arena, there are bars, restaurants, you know, various things. If you wanna, you know, if you're looking for more of a family atmosphere, there's a place called Boston's that's a sit-down restaurant, but also has a bar in it. There's a handful of just, you know, regular bars to hang out in. One place where you can you know, you, you get a wristband, you pour your own beer and it charges you off that. And then closer so to the stadium. Cool. There is, that's
3: dangerous. I is
7: feel like dangerous. I would
3: end up spending a lot of money. There.
7: Yeah. Yeah. You can also just buy regular beer like they sell, you know, beer and bottles and stuff there, too. But it is a, it is an interesting idea. And then closer to the stadium, as you kind of make your way down Nationwide Boulevard, there is this hole in the wall bar. It's this like one little building. It's called Betty's. It's been there forever. There's there's also a concert venue in this area, so Betty's doesn't have set hours. They're open basically when they want to be, which it literally <laughs> says that on the door for hours. We're clo- we're open when we're open and we're closed when we're closed. I think it's owned by this woman named Betty's Betty, um, and her family is all involved. But it's a small place. It's got this nice little patio out back. So it's kind of become a hangout for crew fans, but away fans often turn up there just because it's it's literally across the street from the stadium. So if you're making your way down there, that's a a nice little place that's kind of unique to check out. Super cheap. Bring cash. It's even cheaper if you have cash and it'll save you time in line.
3: And we won't get stabbed if we have LAFC gear on in there.
7: No, 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 no. no, no. I mean, (laughs) assuming everyone is acting normal and I think Especially before the game, I think that's fine. Crew fans just had to deal with FC Cincinnati fans last week, and that went okay. So yeah. I think it'll be fine. But like I said, there've been we've had a number of Atlanta fans come through there, even Cincinnati fans before that game. So yeah, no, it'll it'll be kosher.
3: Cool. That sounds fun. All right. So. I mean, I, LAFC and the crew almost never play. I think we've played three times in the history of our teams playing. So forgive us for not knowing a ton about the crew. We love Diego Rossi. But outside of that, I, I don't think many fans were watching a lot of crew games. So, like, what, what was the story of your season that got you here? How would you describe your season and why you're in the MLS Cup Finals?
7: Yeah, well, I'd talk about two things. The first being Wilfred Nancy. And they hired him in the offseason after his success with Montreal last season, where I think they finished second in the Supporter Shield standings. I think they were or maybe third, second in the East. I don't remember. But they hired him. And, and he was a name that a lot of teams were interested in MLS this offseason. So it was, it was a pretty big get for, for the crew, I think, to get this kind of up-and-coming young manager. Sort of reminds me of when they first brought in Greg Berhalter in terms of kind of the buzz just around a guy that, that is – Young has some interesting ideas, and he really does. the The way they want to play, you know, he plays three in the back, but one of those center backs tends to push into the midfield. It's just like a, it's a very on the edge kind of new style of play. And so, bringing that to Columbus, it was how quickly is that going to work? You know, will this take time? It took a year in Montreal. They missed the playoffs the first season, and he wanted to take time to get to know the players here before they really made a ton of moves. So. The first half of the season was kind of about that. And then midseason, they get rid of Lucas Zellerian, who MLS Cup MVP. I'm sure fans are at least somewhat familiar with his name a few years ago when they played Seattle in the final in 2020. Obviously been a good player in this league. Bring in Rossi, as you mentioned. And they made a number of moves kind of midseason. Rudy Camacho, center back who played with with Nancy at Montreal. They they had to bring in a, a left wing back from New York, Malte Amundsen because of an injury, and now he's ended up playing left center back. So they made a number of these moves, and I remember thinking, and we talked about this on our podcast at the time, can you make these moves? Because they were in a pretty good position at that point. I think they were fourth in the East, and, and it started to get hot. You know, can you make these moves and have it all work in time for the playoffs? Like This will be an interesting case study, and I'm sure there's been other MLS examples of teams making a bunch of moves in the season. It has worked, and you know, credit to Nancy Credit to GM Tiz- Tim Bezbachenko, who also kind of built those dynasties at, in Toronto with Michael Bradley and Josie Altador and those guys. But it, it, it has fit together really well, and, and the team was playing very well at the end of the season. Started to win games on the road, which they weren't doing a lot through the, the first half of the year. And that's obviously Big Ben and Big ben, ben Big, excuse me, in the playoffs. Big Ben uh, having to go, <laughs> yeah, having to go to Orlando and to Cincinnati last weekend. And so that's kind of how it's all come together, the the Wilford-Nancy effect and then being bold enough to make moves that have worked out in your favor.
5: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify.
8: It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p.
3: So, are you treating Diego Rossi well and does he miss us?
7: I I assume he misses you. We have not spoken to him this week. <laughs> So when we <laughs> talked LAFC when he first got here, it yeah, was more it just up. like about the league. He, Christian Ramirez is also here, by the way, and a yeah. guy who I think really kind of helped welcome Diego into this team. Apparently, they were pretty good buddies in LA together. He's, they both talked about that. So yeah, no, he's been great. I will be interested to see what Diego Rossi looks like with this team next year because he's been good. But we haven't seen LAFC Diego Rossi. And I think some mm-hmm. of that has to do with fitting into to what Nancy wants them to do. Uh, probably also the fact that at Fenerbahce, he was playing as like a true left midfielder instead of kind of his more attacking role. Yeah. So I think he did score against Cincinnati. Maybe that means he's, he's finding some rhythm. I think he got four goals before the end of the season, which certainly isn't anything to sneeze at. But. Yeah, I think next year, once he's had an off season to get really settled and a preseason to get used to these guys, it, it may be closer to, to what you were familiar with when, when you talk Diego Rossi.
3: And outside of Diego and Christian, what other players should we be scared of
7: on your team? Who should we boo the loudest for when they have the ball? Yeah, Cucho Hernandez is going to be the main one. He was a, a designated player striker they brought over, was playing in the EPL, went on loan to Spain over there, had just kind of gotten back into the team before they bought him at, I think it was Watford. And he has, you know, came in mid-season, had 11 goals, I believe, by the end of the year. So a good second half of the season. The start of the season more as a setup man, which was interesting. I think he had eight or nine assists before Lucas Zellerion left. And then when Zellerion left, he kind of became the centerpiece of the attack and uh, got into the MVP conversation just on the edge of the golden boot conversation uh, for the top scorer. So he's certainly, if we're talking attacking players, been dangerous. I think he had four of the first five of their goals in, in the playoffs as well. Hasn't scored in the last couple, but did set up Christian Ramirez as winner in extra time in Cincinnati with a nice header. So yeah, he will be public enemy number. He's the He's the Carlos Vela, essentially, of of the crew in terms of kind of things revolving around him. That's the only
3: thing. You have to put it in terms of Carlos Vela. We won't understand. Yeah. We need yeah. to. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, so uh, I, I'm just curious about this because I think it's an interesting matchup because we don't ever – play each other. Do you think Crew fans are thinking of themselves as the favorites, especially being at home, or do you think they they look at themselves as more of an underdog in this match because we're we won the championship last year?
7: I think it's a mixed bag. I think Crew fans are confident going into this game. As you mentioned, it's being at home. They've won a few road games now. They'll, you know, everyone likes the way this team has come together as I mentioned the second half of the season, but As LAFC, defending champions, you know, a team that's become kind of one of the league's darlings. And and I don't mean that in an insulting way at all. Just, you know, you're in Los Angeles. It's okay if you do. Okay. okay. (laughs) Um, But it's been successful. And, you know, Carlos Vela, as we mentioned, Cialini. I think that the view of crew fans is that everyone else thinks this is LAFC's championship to lose. And that you know maybe they can spoil the party that way, but, like I said, I do think that there is a good amount of confidence that you know at the very least this will be a very competitive game,
3: yeah, you guys don't really lose at home ever, right? Like it's a pretty rare occurrence for you to lose at home,
7: yeah the they were very good at home this year, twelve, one, and four compared to four eight and five on the road. so it it's funny when this when the stadium opened in twenty twenty one Caleb Porter was the head coach. And he made this big thing beforehand about, you know, we're we're moving into this new fortress and we want to make this, you know, a tough place for everyone to play. And they'd actually been really good at the last stadium that season. And then they really struggled that first year in the kind of the second half of that season in the stadium. And it, you know, the questions kept being for Caleb Porter, why is this? And he kept saying, well, you know, it might be just new, you know, a new thing. All of a sudden they were better last year at home, not as good. And then this year it really has become kind of the the fortress that Caleb Porter talked about the attendance has been fantastic this season too, which has created a, a pretty crazy atmosphere so I think that helps things as well but yeah it's it's become one of the better you know it's certainly one of the better stadiums in the league just because of its newness but one of the better atmospheres that I've list that at least I've witnessed and I've been I've gone to games uh, around the league for a while now so it's you know I won't put it I won't rank it, but it's certainly in the conversation. Rank it,
3: case. rank it, coward! <laughs> the- <laughs> oh,
7: okay, no, so- you- <laughs> no, no, no. We can talk about. It. I would put at least where I've been. I would put Toronto up there, number one. Now I haven't been to a bunch of the West Coast places. Yeah, I don't know, know any of the
3: East Coast. This is my first East Coast. Well, no, I went to Charlotte, but not with LAFC. But it was okay. I have. There's so much on the East Coast I haven't seen, so I'm very curious. It looks great on TV.
7: Yeah, my girlfriend was at a Seattle Sounders game and she said that was nuts. This is a few years back and I have, I have some friends that live in Los Angeles. So I have heard good things about LAFC and and that environment there. I mean, obviously you see it on TV, but yeah, no, I, I I would say in the East it's, it's as good as you're going to find. And and then on the West, it, it would probably be again, like in that conversation.
3: For sure. Yeah. It looks like that on TV for sure. I'm excited to be there. So outside of the game, anything I need to definitely do while I'm in Columbus? It's not every day that I'm going to be in Columbus. So what should I not sure. miss?
7: Sure. Well, again, if we're going families, if you're here long enough, the Columbus Zoo is ranked as one of the best zoos in the country. I don't know if that's what you do on a road trip for a championship game, but it is <laughs> it is a pretty cool one. It's unfortunate that it's not this game isn't happening when it's warmer out cuz there's much more to do outdoors. The short north is an area like just south of where the game's going to be played. And it's like, you know, trendy bars, restaurants. I think that's where visiting teams normally stay. I don't know what they're doing for for MLS Cup. I know the, the like media mixer that's going on on Thursday nights is in that area. So if you're looking for like, you know, bar restaurant and then at night it becomes more of a bar scene, that's a good spot. It's right on High Street, like I said, south of... The, the nationwide area, there's Ohio State's campus, which, you know, if you're coming and you're in the, the college age, you're looking for, you know, kind of that party atmosphere. That's just a little bit further south than the short north. Do they want uh,
3: a 35 year old man to come to their campus? Because I can yeah. go if they want
7: a 35 year old man there. Well, I'm a 34 year old man and I still make it down there sometimes. So, you know, I, I think you would be, I think people, you might get some, get a little bit more shtick, but I think, I think you'd have a good time if you went down there. All I'm right. trying to think of other stuff outside of, you know, just kind of that's,
3: no, I mean, that. that's really helpful. Genuinely, I'm like, I, I don't know anything about the city. So just knowing the neighborhoods of where to look is going to, is really helpful. Yeah.
7: Campus, short okay, north, cool. and then nationwide is the area where, where the games are going to be played. Amazing. Thank
3: you. Well, thank you so much for being here. If people want to follow you or listen to your podcast, how can they do both of those things?
7: Yeah, I specifically am at underscore Pat underscore Murphy on, I think, pretty much every social media platform now. Massive Reports, the name of the the podcast, and we have a website with where we do our you know, written coverage. We're on Twitter and social media at Massive Reports. So, should have stuff up throughout the week. We did a podcast earlier, though. It was more focused on beating FC Cincinnati than it was on the upcoming <laughs> match. We did talk about it a little bit. So, if you want to give that a listen, you can find it on any of your normal podcasts.
3: And what What should I know about Cincinnati for why I should hate them? Like, what What do you think of the people of Cincinnati as? That's what I want.
7: <laughs> well, they're from Kentucky, first of all. It's not even part okay. of okay, but. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I never had any bad blood with Cincinnati. And then this rivalry started. But it's yeah, I think the worst thing you could say to a Cincinnati person is like, what part of Kentucky do you live in? They really do I love it. Really I'm going to really use bad. that all the time.
3: Well, thank you so much, Patrick. And everybody go check out Master Report and go follow him. When we come back, we are going to make some bets. I think that's what's next. I am doing this without a script in front
1: of me. Bye. And we're back. Now it's time for a segment called Bet It and Forget It.
2: Bet It and Forget It. it.
1: it. it. Every week, we end the show with a bet for this week's game. We make an outlandish prediction, something that almost definitely will not happen but could. Each week, Travis and I put up $5, and if no one hits, the money rolls over to the next week, and eventually by the time someone's weird prediction comes true, they might win a good chunk of change. But in the playoffs, Vince is also here for the previews, and he can swoop in and make a bet that steals the whole pot like a grifter who swoops in to a betting segment on a podcast and makes a bet that steals the whole pot. None of our bets cashed last week, so our bet pool for this week is $150, a good even number. And we had said a while ago, if we get
3: to the end of the season and the bet hasn't cash, we're going to give it to charity. And I want you to know, I don't want to give this money to charity. I really don't want to give it to charity. (laughs) If you want us to give this money to charity, stop listening right now. (laughs) Do you know how hard I worked for this money? I need it back. My money back. I think what we should do for this segment – is we're still going to make bets, but they don't have to be outlandish. They can just be things that we think are going to happen, and we'll see if we can, like, we're just going to, we'll we'll talk amongst ourselves to make sure that they're on the same level, but they don't have to be the crazy bets that we've done in the past. Does that sound good to everybody?
4: Hey, I'm playing with house money, boys, so I don't yeah.
3: care.
1: Yes, I'm going to be true. so mad when you win. Um, yeah, we can throw an outlandish right. bit out there, too, and if that hits, we double. Then we it. do have to give it to charity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah. We throw like, one outlandish bet from all three. It's, that, it's that the that shot in the from dark the group. The shot in the dark <laughs> bet that even if another bet hit, it cancels it out. It cancels throw, it out. It that's charity. funny.
3: All right. Okay, so my bet this week, and I'm very confident in, is one last time, one for the road. Carlos Vela game winning goal. Mm. Carlos Vela. Wins Has the game scored all playoffs with a game winning goal w-
4: was very close right. against the Houston Dynamo.
3: He wanted it against the Dynamo. I think oh, he knew he, it might be his last game, I, last home game.
4: I, I, we didn't I even did. mention this. Darren and I met for the first time in person and got to be at the game thanks to you, Travis, who gave us your tickets. Thank you so much, Trav. But Darren and I sitting there in the first like ten minutes, we're like, dude, Carlos is on another level. Like he wants it so He's bad, going he for was it. everywhere, and we were super surprised that he did not score by the end of the night.
1: And by everywhere, you mean offsides all the time. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, baby. You're not. You're not cheating. You're not trying. Should I go with my bet? Should I? Should I get in with my grifter bet? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I do feel like I've, I made mine slightly outlandish, but, but plausible because I do. I, although I will gladly take your money, uh, I do feel some. I feel a little bad, like deep down inside. So my bet will be this: only former LAFC players will score for the crew. So nothing about game-winning goals or scoring, but a Diego Rossi or a Christian Ramirez will be the only ones that. So if if the crew win one-nil with a Diego Rossi goal, I will win the bet. And if any, if even
3: if Diego scores and then Cucho scores, the bet goes away. It has to be yeah, only the
1: yeah. other. Cool. I think that's fair. All right, all right, Darren, what do you got? My bet. I might have to adjust this bet because I think I'm making a bet that we could both win. My bet, bet also it, right? involves Vela, maybe. My bet also involves Vela. It was that I need to calibrate it, but it was that there will be both an assist and a goal from some combination of Vela and Boanga.
3: Okay. Explain to me what that works.
1: How They, that, they like, will each end happen. up with, they will each end up with either an assist or a goal. I Got see. It.
3: So yeah, it is possible that we will. Actually, wait,
1: no, that's not specific. That's not what I, uh, that's not it also needs to be that it's the, like Vela assists Boanga. Or Bawanga assists Vela.
3: I see. It needs to be in
1: conjunction with each other. Okay, that's an action. Yeah,
4: Yeah, so that could still happen without it being the game-winning goal.
1: Yes. And I think – But if it is the game-winning goal, it could be both.
4: And Carlos scores. But it it could be Carlos assisting Bawanga for the game-winning goal and then you just win. Exactly. Exactly. How about
3: this? If – I don't – yeah. If we both hit, we both have to Venmo each other $150. Great.
4: Just push it around. Let's do it. Did we want to do a shot in the dark? Bet? Oh yeah,
1: let's do a shot in the dark bet. Something else. <laughs> like, does, does this
4: have to be? This has to be wild. Yes, this has yeah, to be. Yeah, what's landed. a wild one? Ilya Sanchez will score the game-winning penalty. Oh my God! Yes, All the it. Continental yes. Tire ad, at- and, and we'll choose. Ilya Sanchez the, makes the smart uh, choice. Make the yeah. smart choice. <laughs>
1: oh. we- chant is not necessary for the best yeah it if happens. he
4: steps up and there's LAFC fans behind the goal and that chant does not ring out i will be disappointed <laughs> to get in his head I would do it afterwards our choice <laughs> and we, 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 he's so cool though he would just walk up and be like I got you guys. Just point, go, don't worry. You know what I'm doing. <laughs> all right. We shall see. That's our
3: shot in the dark. If that happens, all other bets are wiped away. But when we come back, we're gonna end the show a little bit differently. We're gonna share some of your favorite memories from the season.
1: And we're back. Well, we're almost at the end of the show of our MLS Cup Finals preview. I've had a beer and a martini that I made during the show. I have not had dinner, so this is the perfect time <laughs> to take a little walk down memory lane. We asked viewers to send us your, your favorite memories from this year. You delivered. Everybody sent in amazing things. I have been knee deep in all of these submissions. We unfortunately didn't get a chance to be able to feature everyone's because we don't want this episode to be four hours long. I don't know how how many. What is the name of Scorsese's movie? <laughs> I can't even, the He'll name the itself is movie. too long. <laughs>
4: yeah, how many movies that would be?
1: How many movies? Okay, yeah. So we didn't get a chance to feature everyone's. We have a few selected that I want to show you guys, and I want to play for our viewers. Before we get into this, we should give our own, and then we can listen to our to our wonderful listeners. Travis, what was your? favorite memory of the season?
3: Uh, I have a couple. I think one thing that stood out to me was after we did this podcast for a little bit, while the Rose Bowl game was not good, Darren and I had not been able to go to a game together all season. And the Rose Bowl game against the Galaxy on the 4th of July was the first time that we got to enjoy the team together all season while doing the podcast. And it felt like a little celebration for the two of us. So like as a human, that was really fun. And then outside of that, there were moments that stick out in my brain that were important to me that happened in LAFC games. One was when Aaron Long stopped a goal with his butt. That is the other thing that I really liked <laughs> that happened
1: this year. All right, Vince.
4: Uh, yeah, I have a, I have two. One is one is bittersweet, and it's just team related. Uh, I really loved in that Fourth of July game when Ilya scored the goal and his celebration. One is just so befitting of who Ilya Sanchez is as the greatest nicest human being in LAFC history, and it's not even close. But just to – in a moment where you're playing your biggest rival in that stadium, historic stadium, you tie the game, you've been up against it all game, you could have like ran and done whatever. You could have taken your jersey off maybe and held it up to the crowd to celebrate and just to have the presence of mind to put your hand on the badge and basically just salute the fans and be like, guys, this is for you. All that matters right now is that we tied the game and you're here with us, let's go. It's just – it's just another level for me. It's it one of those moments in sports that like you kind of you remember and you kind of live for because it, it speaks to kind of a higher power in sports. I, I, w- I would say like the passion of the fans. And the other one is more personal for me, but it kind of speaks to the same type of thing is and I've said this to a lot of people, a lot of people and I've said this to you guys, a lot of people know I have quite the history of the LAFC, some good, some bad. you know I, I always tell people. Maybe think twice before working for your favorite team, because <laughs> it, you have a lot of ups and downs, and that includes you know n- no longer working for your favorite team, but even when you're there like it's it's hard work, you know we don't just like run around and hang out with players all day like there's a lot that goes on, but after I had left l a f c and considered kind of not really doing anything l a f c related I got to go to the game a game as a fan for the first time. I'd always been in the press box, uh, and I went with my friend Ali. And I ran into at least five or six people that stopped me and were like, "Hey, dude, please don't stop. Like we really love you. We care about what you do. We understand if you feel sad because things have happened to you, but like we we need you. And that really meant a lot to me, and even even with Darren, we ran into people at the Western conference final game that were just like, "Hey, we love what you guys do." And that's honestly, that, that means a lot. It, it, it's just a couple people, handful people every time, but it, it means the world. I think I speak for Darren what I mean like we really were kind of taken aback and had like, we were glowing. Sure. Like we were just kind of smiling, like dumb idiots, like, yo, like people actually listen to this and, and not just listen to it, but they, it's important enough to them that they will stop some random person waiting in line to get a beer to say, Hey man, I like what you do. So that, that means a lot.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, for my favorite moments, I, I I think I'll kind of throw away the what really feels like an obvious one, which is really along the same lines, just doing this show with you guys has been awesome. I agree with Travis that 4th that of July game was bittersweet in the same way. Just really getting to enjoy doing the show, the impact that we've had, seeing that there has been any impact at all has been really cool. Being able to connect with the other people doing LAFC podcasts and everything, that's been a, a, a really awesome ride that I didn't expect. As far as like the team goes. I think the the Campeonas Cup game. I went to the game, which I believe might have also been the Pigeon game. Was it? Or maybe that was Did, the Juarez game.
4: No, no, the Pigeon game was a Juarez.
1: Yeah, That's, yeah,
3: because okay. we won. Yeah, we
1: Juarez. won by seven goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's maybe. Maybe I'll set the the ends of the spectrum here. The Juarez game was the Pigeon happened. <laughs> they scored a thousand goals. <laughs> it was one of those games. Didn't Mario the score a goal in Cup that game. game yeah, maybe.
4: yeah. just to just to just a kind that of,
8: game clearly
3: did my exist. point on it <laughs> most unlikely thing happened.
1: Our striker scored. <laughs> <laughs> there was a pigeon, but the the really surprising thing. <laughs> um, uh, but Campinas Cup, I thought was uh, for me, I thought was a a meaningful turning point for the team. That even in the post game, I felt that at, we, as fans, we were still split. It was a really frustrating loss. It was really disappointing. Everyone was like, what the fuck? We still can't get this back. But I watched that game in person, and I saw a team that was on another level that they've been on for a long time. They put so much fight in, and I walked away from that loss so confident in this team moving forward. I was so sure that they were going to be fine from that point forward, and that they found the sweet spot that they needed to find at the end of the season. And I just felt like for all the ups and downs we've had this season, like for it to be kind of like a bittersweet moment that had a little bit of everything like that for me was really like the thing that hit me the most throughout the season. And I think they have had it since then.
4: They've only lost one game since that. I was fucking right. Yeah. No, you you nailed it. (laughs) I, I
3: two things I want to say that I just remembered that what you guys said made me think of that I think are big moments from the year is payaso, Chiellini yelling Piazzo is one of my favorite moments that has ever happened with the club and it's just perfectly timed comedy and then the other was I remember when a lot of people are upset that we played LAFC 2 against the Galaxy in the US Open Cup I had so much fucking fun watching that game because it was like we were rooting for a high school team to beat our rivals, and they almost did it. Yeah, they had so much heart the whole game, and it like people weren't in that moment. People were not upset about the loss because it felt so close to like a real victory that these kids in their in like an important yeah. tournament game might beat the first team of our rivals. And it, it I, I know it was a loss, and looking back, we're sad we gave up the U.S. Open Cup. But in that moment, it was a really fun time to be a member uh, of this community and i think everyone like rooted for the the storyline of the whole thing more so than beating the galaxy at least in that moment in hindsight we might feel differently
1: but yeah, uh, listen, yeah. if you don't if you don't love me at my lafc2 versus galaxy you don't deserve me at my <laughs> lafc2 versus monterey bay
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well done <laughs> All right, let's start the segment. This is already going to be a, a four-hour. This is going to be a killer of a episode. Episode. <laughs> We started
1: the episode by making fun of things that are too long. Whoops. First up is Jimmy, friend of the foot. Everybody wrote in a, an email. His was short and sweet. He just said, thanks for entertaining us, fellas, and sent in this video. What's up, guys? My happy foot of the year was going to see LAFC play in Monterey. Um,
3: it was a great stadium to go see your team play at. I highly recommend going there sponsored
7: by Alvarado, which is probably some of the best beer on the planet. Um, the only beer I've ever had better at any sporting event was probably Prudential Center in New Jersey or Petco Park
3: in San Diego. And my sad foot of the year is September 9th, I was in Portland to watch that game. Um, the vacation was great, but that game was one of the worst ones I've ever witnessed in person. And as the heel of the foot did say, like I kind of agreed with them later that night when he said we would never win another game. Well, I'm glad he's wrong. All right, guys. Thanks for entertaining us at all year. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for reminding us how far we've foot. come as well from that deep That's well true. of sadness that we were in together. Jimmy,
4: <laughs> Jimmy's saying something good in New Jersey.
1: Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. Also, he knows his audience. I, I, I could do a whole Jimmy and I, I feel like should just do like halftime drink threads only. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Okay, next up is Karen, who sent us an email and said, Hi, love your podcast so much. It helps me process my feelings, good or bad, about how the team is doing. Here are a few of my favorite memories this season.
0: Hi, this is Karen. I have a few favorite memories this season. One is being lucky enough to attend a QA and a with Carlos Vela, my favorite player, and getting the opportunity to briefly meet him and thank him for everything he had done for the team really meant a lot to me, and I'm really grateful to have had that opportunity. Another favorite memory was my first away days at the Seattle playoff game, specifically hearing from the LAFC fans sitting below that they could hear us and that we were annoying all of the Seattle fans. It was incredibly empowering and So, so fun, and I highly recommend it to anyone who gets the opportunity. And I think my final happy memory from the season is getting to watch Giorgio Chiellini play, getting to see him take down offensive players, and then help them back up, pat them on the head, and be best buddies with them. I have never gotten tired of watching that. I'm really, again, grateful to have had the opportunity.
3: That's so, I, I, that's always fun to see what it happens. That's She's so, so right. <laughs> no one does it like him.
1: Cause they're, just like they're smiling. like, hey, yeah, we are friends. <laughs> like they forget immediately that he just completely owned them.
4: I love whenever like the first corner of the game happens and Giorgio makes that stroll up and it's like he's walking the red carpet because he's just like, hey, everybody like high five, like talking to all the defensive players and he's basically like getting in their heads like, hey, we're buds, right? Like I'm going to score a header here, but it's just so fun. The first one he makes sure to go out of his way to be like, hey, good to see you. Hey, I know you, bud. How you doing over there? It's like taps the goalkeeper on the head. It's so great. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. I haven't got a chance to see you yet. And legit, it's been like he actually thirty minutes into the game.
4: Legit, he knows these players though. Like he spends oh, time yeah. watching these other games, so it's not. I'm gonna it's not miss just him so fucking much, man. Yeah, it's it's real. Oh, all right, okay, going.
1: we're getting into it. This next one's from Matt. He wrote, "Hey guys, thought I'd share my happiest foot from the great 2023 LAF season with you all. Big fan here, very grateful for the time you all invest in creating fantastic content to share with us." Let's go win MLS Cup again. I love you, Matt from New Jersey. Thank you, Matt.
6: Love you. Hey, Darren, Travis, and Vince. This is Matt from the great state of New Jersey. That's right. You have a happy foot, sad foot Friend of the foot who lives all the way uh, on the East Coast. I'm probably one of the very few LAFC fans who lives out here. So that's where some of your East Coast listens are coming from. Huge fan, like I said. I just want to share my favorite memory from this season. I went to my first LAFC match when LAFC traveled to Philadelphia for the first leg of the CCL semifinal. And if you remember, LAFC went down in the 86th minute to a penalty against Gazdag. I believe, scored it. And so I wasn't feeling so great. I traveled all the way down to Chester, Pennsylvania, which isn't, <laughs> isn't the best place to visit, let me tell you that. But shortly thereafter, as I was ready to pack up my things and travel an hour and a half home, Kellen Acosta just puts it in the net off this crazy cross. And all of a sudden, that stadium went from rocking and everyone's having a great time to just being so, so deadly silent. It was amazing just to hear that shift in emotion and know that LAFC still cannot be beaten by Philly. Ah, it felt so good just to feel those tears from the, the Philly Union faithful. <laughs> so anyway, just wanted to share that. Thank you for all you do and ready to win a second consecutive MLS Cup here over the weekend. I forgot I, about that game.
4: I retract my previous statement about New Jersey and I <laughs> love the place because of you, Matt. So thank
1: you. Thank you for all the support, Matt.
4: Yeah, thank you for the
1: New Jersey, to, my man. Yeah, awesome.
3: I think most of us uh, only think about the Philly game where we destroyed them, but I forgot that we tied them in that really great game in Philly as well. Um Thanks for reminding us, Matt.
1: This next one is from Katie, who I, I will nominate as fan of the year, and you'll see why. She writes,
8: <clears throat>
1: Hey, Travis, Darren, and Vince, here's my favorite memory from the past year that doubles as my favorite LAFC 1-2. Love the show and go LAFC, Katie.
8: Hey, Travis, Darren, and Vince. This is Katie DeCumos. My favorite memory from this season is definitely the March 9th Champions League game versus Alahuense, where we won 3-0. I was pregnant and in active labor. My husband and I were in the hospital with contractions coming every few minutes or so. We had the game on on an iPad perched on some medical equipment next to the hospital bed. I had the baby with no pain medication, epidural, and the only position that was comfortable for me to get through all the pain was to stand up and lean all of my body weight on my husband. The contraction would pass and I would sit down to recover and watch a little bit of the game until the next contraction came. I'm not sure if the nurses that came in and out to check on me was like, This husband can't even turn off the game during his wife's labor, but I wanted the game on. We are both such huge fans, and honestly, it was a nice little distraction in between a lot of pain. We won, and then a few hours later, my son was born. The crazy thing is that this mirrored my daughter's birth in 2020, where we watched LAFC pull out the miracle Champions League win against Club America, and then we went to the hospital to give birth. I love that we have an LAFC and Champions League story for both my kids who now go to all the games except for the playoff ones because we actually want to concentrate and watch the full game so they stay home with a babysitter. (laughs) I'm so excited for another MLS Cup. Let's go LAFC for the repeat. And thanks for a great show that you put on each game. We love listening. Love you. Bye. (laughs)
4: Katie! Katie! There's no more, right? You're not, you're not going to force some fan to follow that, Darren. Are you? That's I am. (laughs) Oh no!
3: Also, she's she she has gives birth in big wins. Can she pop
4: another one out on Saturday? Yeah, I don't know.
1: How fast can we get this? I wish we had sent this to her earlier, maybe nine months ago.
4: Well, Travis, I know, and I don't have children as well, but I don't know if you know how this works. It doesn't. No, I have no idea. Darren, could you explain it to us please?
1: Yeah, it takes a long time, it's a lot of work. Oh, that's you would have had so, to plan funny. This so far in advance.
3: If anyone from the club is listening right now and I know there's people at the club that are listening, we'll give you Katie's contact information. You need to send her some stuff. She, she gave birth without pain medicine while watching LAFC and it was the only thing that brought like made her pain go away. So we, we got to send her
4: things, LAFC if yeah. you're listening. For reals. There's got to be some little kids' jerseys headed your way. Oh, oh, that's
1: yeah, such a I, I wonderful story. How, how huge of a feat that is. I I, there's no way to understate it. <laughs> <laughs> these, are,
3: these are all so good. I can't, oh. Yeah, this is like, yeah, ones,
1: these made me so happy. This one is a video, this next one, from Estevan from 420 Originals. He wrote in, didn't even know my buddy was recording this, but this was when the Tifa went up against the Wallexy. This was the first Tifo painting I had participated in and was able to take my wife, son, and nephew. When that thing went up, the emotions just started flooding. It was an amazing moment, and I won't forget it ever. We want the cup. So we'll see in this video, he's chanting when the Tifo goes up. If you're just listening, check out the YouTube video version of this episode, and you can see this video too. You'll just hear some chanting, but he starts losing it a little bit. It's amazing.
3: it's all too much for me
1: I know I'm like tearing up Uh, Uh, I mean it just shows like uh, the amount of like dedication and work that the 3252 put in not just like cheering but like the TFOs I mean like I know just from the experience of doing this show and also living my life the past you know year time is not free (laughs) when you dedicate your time to something you really mean it uh i guess the older you get and so uh it was not lost on me that he mentioned the family members he could take to the game and how meaningful that was to him so thank you for sending that in esteban that was awesome thank you okay next up is our good friend lafc luke he just wrote do with as you wish
5: hey darren travis and vince this is luke A big favorite moment for me this past year was the LA LGBT Pride Parade when the Pride Republic got to march with the 3252 and other supporters of the Los Angeles Football Club with the Supporter Shield, with the MLS Cup in the Pride Parade, probably a first for MLS Cup to be in an LGBT Pride Parade had so much fun with that, so much joy, so much love that day, and it is something that I will always have with me for the rest of my life, that I got to get, got to do that with everyone. I also just want to say to the three of you, just really appreciate everything that you've been doing with this show, bringing it to the level of the casuals with a nice little dose of humor, a little salt every so often just think that that is awesome and grateful for you for what you do and something that I look forward to after every game is oh can I call in and have a few words to share on the show about you know what I thought worked well or what I thought worked didn't work well or just I'm not going to call in tonight because I don't feel so good about a game sometimes you know that happens too Anyway, thanks for all you're doing. Take care.
4: I didn't know they were gonna be these this sweet. Right? When you I put don't this to out the emotion. You, did you imagine that they would actually be like this heartfelt? We were like, oh, these be no. some jokes, and they'll yeah. tell us. I like, thought it was no. gonna be
3: like my, <laughs> my nephew farted at me when Escobar <laughs> scored the own goal. Luke, you're the best. Thanks for being so supportive. And and genuinely these are all hitting me harder than I thought they would.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're hitting me, and this is like the fourth time I've heard them. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we will end with our good friend Mario. In front of the foot.
7: Hey guys, this is Mario. Favorite moment of this year so far. There's been goods and bads, right? We've had some
6: really fun moments. We've had a lot of shitty ones from all the
7: title results that we should have gotten. But honestly, one of the funniest, almost meme-worthy things that has happened is that pigeon.
3: Yeah! He could not
1: give a fuck. It <laughs> was a go-
7: game being played around him. He just chilled the entire match. Became its own little LAFC meme, and hopefully will forever live on with LAFC fans. Thanks, guys.
3: We're gonna turn that MLS Cup into a birdbath, and we're gonna put that pigeon in it. I want.
4: I want it to become a a child's book, the pigeon who did not give a fuck. Vince, that's good. I know a
3: good author for it. That's good. Yeah,
4: let's do it. I I meant you.
3: I wasn't talking about me. I think you
4: could. (laughs) Oh. Well we just we need a great we need a great artist to storyboard it. I can I can author it and then we need somebody to make some cool artwork to go with it. And we can I do this. I think it, doesn't your uh, girlfriend draw some cool stuff? She does. She no? does, I- including spending a copious amount of hours in this past week just <laughs> drilling my leg <laughs> with a tattoo. People haven't seen it yet from my Instagram stories. I'm still so oh, but it was worth it.
1: It looks so good.
4: It was worth it, but I do not recommend sitting Two straight days for a tattoo. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> okay. Well, to each his own.
6: Yeah.
1: Um, I also I want to give Mario a shout out. I, I remember Mario being one of the first people who was like a total stranger who like recognized what we were doing and like gave us a vote of confidence and was like, you guys, you guys have something here. Keep doing it. And that really kept us going in the early days. And it was awesome. He's been hanging with us ever since. So. Shout out to Mario, and he
4: and I said hello that's at all the got. at the Western Conference game. Mario, and yeah, we got to see
1: him, yeah. The, yeah which was a cool bookend for me. Yeah. One of the first, maybe the first game I'd been to, and did a post game show from since we started the podcast. I wandered out onto Christmas Tree Lane on the field uh, and did it from there, and he showed up and joined during the during the live stream.
3: Awesome. Well, I think I think we're gonna win the MLS Cup, guys. What do you that think about does it. <laughs> we're doing it I on goodbye. The only thing left to
1: do is to win the MLS Cup.
3: I think we've done. We came here to make a podcast and win MLS Cup and we're all out of podcasts. So I think it's time.
1: <laughs> I to guess to that's win our MLS show then. Cup.
3: What end. One last preview show,
1: take us away. We will be streaming our post-game call-in show <laughs> 10 minutes after the final whistle. Or trophy ceremony, depending on what happens, on our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash at There's a link in the show notes. Talk to us in the chat. Join us live on the air. It's going to be wild. I don't know how we're going to do it or what we're going to do, but we're doing something. So be there with us.
3: Our theme music is done. Again, I just need to say it one last time.
7: By an insane
3: team (laughs) of James Valentine, the the guitarist of Maroon 5, Nate Walcott, the trumpet player of Bright Eyes, and Louis Palmer, one of the best jazz drummers in the country, made this stupid little song you hear at the beginning of every episode and that you're hearing right now. Our theme music is done by them? What? Along with YouTube, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and threads. And if you made it this far into the episode and you want to support us and what we're doing, please consider becoming a friend of the foot uh, for $5 a month, patreon.com slash happyfootsadfoot. Or you can pick up some Hapho, Sappho-inspired merch at happyfootsadfootpod.com. Any support really goes a long way to keep the show going and this community growing. And before I go, I just want to say, Darren... And Vince, this has been such a joy all year long to get to do this with one of my oldest friends and one of my newest friends. It's so fun to get to talk to you all the time about this team and I in a weird year where I was on strike for a lot of it, it meant the world to have this and it meant the world to be friends with y'all while we did this. And uh, I just want to say thank you for being really fun and, and uh, cool to hang out with at all times.
1: Thank you. I feel the same way.
4: Likewise. And maybe Travis, you and I will get to go to a game sometime, but I know we don't want to <laughs> extend episode too long, but I, I, I can't, I have to admit sitting with Darren, I was like, I wonder how different the experience will be if I ever go to a game with Travis. And I think it'll be <laughs> night and day. Yeah. I don't ever want to hang out with you. Okay. Thanks again. And
1: we'll- <laughs> two of you, please subscribe to the YouTube channel.
3: Yeah, we gotta get to 500. This is gonna be
1: such a long turn, Vince. I'd love to go If we get to 501, it's a problem. Just
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stop at 500.
1: Let's try to get right on the number. If you Thank go there you and it again. says 500, don't do it.
4: Thanks for
3: indulging this massive fucking episode, and we'll see you in Columbus,
1: baby. You at the I love cup you. fucking finals. I love you. Bye. I love you. Bye. 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 I, love I love you. Bye. 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 City. Yeah, I was just like, we're sure really and we're almost done with the episode. Have-
7: <laughs> hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.